This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. I'll tell you, I am fired up today because how about them Bears? Dan Weeder. Dan Weeder from the Chicago Tribune again. Bears beat report and enterprise writer for the Chicago Tribune. This story by Dan Weeder, it's obviously very well reported. Covering the Bears for 670 the score and 2400 sports. I listened to you guys talk to Dan Weeder, and he's spot on pretty much for everything. You know, and I agree with everything he said. We want it to be a fast Friday and a fast focus Friday. Dan Weederer. His name is Dan Weederer. Weederer time. Weedsy. With Danny and Speeds. Weederer time. Bears. The Take the North pod. Dan Weederer talks football with you. Dan Weederer from the Take the North podcast, the Chicago Tribune, 670 The Score, with us on our Twitch chat. Search 670 The Score on Twitch. Also, the Circle Resort and Casino Hotline, Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Weedsy, what's going on? Not much. How are you guys? You still uh, feeling the high? Feeling the euphoria? How could you not, Dan? How could you not? Dan, there are balloons here. There's a Q and a B and a 1 in silver mylar floating around the hallways here uh, still. What what happened to the boa? <laughs> the boa was shedding, Dan. <laughs> frankly, frankly, it was itchy. It was shedding. And uh, I took it off to send it to Jalen Johnson, and he did not appreciate that we were celebrating uh, a loss in which his unit gave up 35 points. Yeah, which is understandable. So there's a lot to a lot to talk about and a lot to build on for certain. And uh, a really fun opportunity Sunday against an opponent that should uh, offer you some chances to build on the momentum that you've built. Dan, I, I can't stop thinking about that moment when Jalen Johnson was staring a hole through <laughs> Danny Parkins at five o'clock on Monday as we're goofy ass celebrants of a QB one party. And he lost a game. I felt like that was a little bit of a window into the realness that Eberflus and all these guys deal with uh, during the day. Well, I mean, listen, like it's been for me, you know, on my 10th season on the beat here, it's been one of the weirder weeks to cover because of that very dynamic. The fact that the excitement regarding what Justin Fields did last week, following what he had done the previous two weeks, paired up with the idea that they're on a two-game losing streak, there's a disconnect in there. And so for the people inside the building – there's that feeling of agitation and that feeling of unfinished business. And there's, they, you know, they still have a a level of optimism and encouragement, but it's just not to the levels that the outside world this week has taken the the, the field's fever to. And if Justin can, can follow it up uh, against the lions on Sunday with another promising performance, I'm not sure what's going to happen in the city. Do you expect him to? I do because you're playing the league's 
worst defense. You're playing a, a, a Lions defense that's given up more yards than anyone. Uh, they're 29th in passing yards allowed per game, 32nd in passing yards allowed per play. Uh, you're going to have plenty of opportunities to to build on what you've done offensively over the last month, and I, I don't see any reason not to believe that they'll have another another strong performance and and, and a strong performance that should be accompanied by a win, right? Which that now we take that to the next level and we actually get a performance that leads to a victory, which is a a big deal. Uh, and so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to to monitor everything Sunday. Is it a big deal? <laughs> yes. Yes, winning football in the NFL is a big deal. Like the quarterbacks who are stars in this league win, Danny. And and the, the quarterbacks who are stars in this league take advantage of games that are winnable, right? And so last okay, but week hold on was a, a game that was winnable. No, no, no. You hold on a second here because they, they had two drives in the fourth quarter with a chance to go tie the game or win it, and they didn't get it done. They didn't get it done against the Vikings. They didn't get it done against the Commanders. When you're trying to build a Super Bowl contending team, every step along the way – cannot lose sight of the fact that the actual measure of success in this league is winning football. And so when you have a, a game that is winnable, you go and try to win it. And if you don't, then you fall short of a very important prerequisite to being a star and to being a championship football team. Did Justin, uh, did Josh Allen play well enough to win the playoff game where he left 13 seconds on the clock for the Chiefs to come Are we really comparing those two performances right now? Like, are, are you really going to that level? Well, it's a, my, my point is, is that wins are not a quarterback stat. And so when Amir Smith-Marset... Did, did Josh Allen lead two touchdown drives in the final minutes of that game with a chance to put him, his team into the next round? Of course he did. Did J Justin Fields do that last week? I'm not raining on this parade here, but don't compare those two performances. Those are as far apples to oranges as you could possibly get. Well, they were both record-setting. They just were setting of different records. But the so in the Dolphins... One was in the playoffs with the quarterback leading touchdown drives on his Correct. last two drives to put his team ahead in the final minutes to go to the AFC Championship game. The other one was in week nine against the Dolphins, right? I mean, like, well, I made, I made, this, I used the point, I used the point intentionally for, for, for the extreme. Fine. Then was Justin Fields good enough to win last week? And what would have happened if Equinemia St. Brown doesn't drop a perfect pass? We'll never know, will we? We'll never, but, we'll but, never know. But, I mean, that, but, but was that he good enough to win? Them. Was Fields good enough to win? They didn't win the game. He 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 played terrifically. He played terrifically last week. They had two drives in the fourth quarter to go win the game with the quarterback having the ball in his hands, and they didn't win. So don't well, lose sight of that. St. Brown dropped a pass, and the refs Understood. blew a call. Correct. Okay, so neither of those things had to do with Justin Fields. Like, I, I feel like there, sh there should be able to be some independent analysis of wins and losses. Well, there's a ton of independent analysis of wins and losses here. And Justin's put together a three-game stretch here that's really good. And anytime a Chicago Bears quarterback has a day where he uh, puts together four touchdowns, we don't see that in the city ever. It's to be celebrated. It's to have, you, you can wrap your arms around it. You can be encouraged and, and be optimistic about it without drawing conclusions that are like 25 steps down the road. That's all I'm saying. And just that, that you know, that, that's – that's where speaks what you mentioned about about the the feeling inside the building being different than what the feeling is in the city. That's where that disconnect is, and so I, I'm just trying to give you the sense of of how how people on the inside of the world uh, that the Bears live in kind of process this and and, and try to and try to interpret it. It, it. No, it's clear you're trying to empathize with the inside of the building and think about it from their perspective. So let me ask you this: the last three weeks. You know, or the last two weeks, these last two losses where Justin has played well in Dallas yep. and then here at home against Miami, and they've both been losses. Any damage done to the overall culture 
uh, that Matt Eberflus is trying to uh, to create any damage done to the message um, in those two weeks. And if they don't win against Detroit, is there damage done possibly to that message and what he's trying to build? There, there's no damage to the, the message in the culture. But when you're a defensive first football coach and your defense gives up 10 touchdowns in two games, even with depleted talent, you have to go back and look at what you're doing, right? Like we can't just give the defense a, a, an entire free pass for the last two months and say, no matter what they do, it doesn't matter because all we're focusing on is the quarterback. You're trying to develop players. You're trying to identify playmakers, right? And you, you've got to use these last two months, particularly defensively to make sure that the, the principle, the hits principle mm-hmm. where you have zero sacks and zero takeaways is met. Right. And, and so you can't lower standards just because everyone feels really good about the way the quarterback and the offense are progressing because ultimately you still need to identify guys that can be part of your next championship football team. You can't just say all 26 of those guys on defense are meaningless to you. And so if they give up 10 touchdowns, who cares? Because the quarterback is going to win five Super Bowls. Yeah, and, and I think a week like this, home against Detroit, terrible on paper, 7-1 and one against them in the last four years, I think there could be damage done. If you play if you play like crap and lose to Detroit, I think internally there could be people looking around like, do we, do we know what we're doing or, or not? Like there's a potential for that at least. Oh. I, I, I agree with you, right? And, and this is a test of leadership, right? And it, it, it's going to be a test of leadership for the next two months. Uh, it's why I love Luke Getze. And I love the way that Luke Getze messages things every week because he stays detached from the, the as, as Foxy used to call it, crisis or carnival reaction, right? And he just stays in the reality zone. And the reality zone is, is a place that people in the fandom world don't like to live in because it doesn't allow for the same amount of fun. It doesn't allow for the same amount of passion. It doesn't allow for the same emotion. Understandable, but it also is a place where, where actual real life occurs. And so like to hear Luke Getze this week kind of just give you the, the inside of the, the room interpretation of what he saw was great. It was, I thought it was a refreshing way uh, to see what, what happened last week and what they're hoping will occur over the next two months. Man, I just disagree with everything you guys are saying. Uh, like, the, there, there's going to be a crisis of confidence about the messaging about if this team can't win. When the you want to talk about carnival or crisis, gambling markets are pretty impartial. They would suggest that the Bears have about a 54% chance of winning this game. This is no sure thing, man. And they won a game where they were like a – 38% chance of winning the game when they were an underdog by uh, whatever, nine and a half, ten points on the road in, in Foxborough on Monday Night Football. Right, and those kind of things do build confidence and do reinforce right. a message in a room. But, yeah, right, but, I mean, so, think, but, so, think, but, of what, like, think of what so, the feeling was coming out of that Monday Night game, right? Like, there was, a, there was a legitimate surge of belief that came out of that. That surge of belief will come crashing and recede if you lose to the Lions. For sure it will. Yeah, I don't think that professional athletes are that fragile um and, and certainly it's not, not fragility the- it's it's and, and nobody's saying that, that, that they're going to be incapable of winning again the rest of the year it's just about look like <laughs> I, I don't know how we continue to lose sight of the fact that everyone in the city ultimately wants this team to be a perennial championship contender and so the, to celebrate like a one and two stretch as if it as if it's guaranteed championship contention is is where the conversation gets kind of off the rails and where, where but some of the stuff just that? gets... You know what I mean? Like, who, who talked about championship contention? 
like Mike Florio came on and said that they were going to get in the playoffs. Well, that was crazy. Uh, you had the, <laughs> I'll give you, you that. That, the, was, that, was, that was crazy. But he didn't say championship. I mean, if you, if you spend any time on Bears Twitter, you see how quickly yeah. that spirals into a world where, where people are drawing conclusions that are just not rooted in, in reality. So, and, and look, I mean, like the, the, the QB1 party on Monday, like you tell me what, what the conclusion you were drawing was, right? That like, the Bears have because, a franchise quarterback. To put them in perennial championship contention? No, no, no. no, no that they that, have a franchise quarterback. That the tough the, and, the, it, uh, that they have that, that they actually have someone worthy of the QB one moniker who isn't Andy Dalton. Yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Dan. Like we were talking about this. <laughs> Imagine being a Packers fan and you're 26 years old and your entire life you have known that you have one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, and we, and we yeah. and we feel like for the past two weeks of our entire lives we feel like we feel like we might eventually and possibly have a top 5 top 7 quarterback in the NFL that 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 gets a party that and, gets well, a party. Question, and, and the lions how, had how qb1 the lions had qb1 for a decade but no one said that they could win a championship but they obviously had a quarterback good enough to win a championship because as soon as he went to a real organization he won one so the, the that's the idea is that justin fields is here as a talent who, yes, is not finished by any means, but that it's actually someone worth investing in and building around and is performing at a record-breaking level with no other good players yeah. on, the, on his I, I offense. I don't have to scout quarterbacks in college for a couple of years. Dude, Like I'm, I'm tired of doing that. You know what I mean? That's That gets a party. But so, yeah, nothing I, about I, a I championship. I'm with you on that. I mean, the idea of having to reboot again is is daunting, right? And it's scary. And remember, that conversation was being had on these airwaves within like three or four weeks ago, right? Like, is it is is it is it time for Ryan Poles to go out and really scout the class of 2023 draft class? Like that conversation was being had legitimately after the Commanders game by by many people, right? And so life comes at you fast in the NFL, and so you have to be ready to sustain success, and you still have the NFL's 32nd-ranked passing offense, right? At some point, you have to start climbing those charts. They've climbed the scoring chart. They've gone from 31st to 21st since the Commanders game. That's a nice jump, right? And that's very encouraging to see the number of points they've scored, the number of scoring drives they put together, the, num- the amount of production they've had from uh-huh. a lot of different guys, and, and, and most notably Justin. That's encouraging. But you still got a lot of stairs on this climb, and, and, and that, that's just uh, something that – we need to keep track of with, with eight more games to play in this season. So last Saturday when Ohio State is playing at Northwestern and Ryan Poles is there on the field scouting <laughs> and there's a picture there's a picture of him and C.J. Stroud in the same frame, the Ohio State quarterback, and nobody batted an eye. Nobody wrote even a tweet about Ryan Poles looking at C.J. Stroud. If they do, I miss the tweet. But I certainly saw no articles or think pieces or anything like that because it's <laughs> off the freaking table. And, and that's the glory that we're feeling. Right, right. and I get that, right? And, I, I, and I'm, I'm all for celebrating the steps because these steps are being made, and it's been a really cool stretch here that you hope continues. I mean, look, like Justin's had – he's accounted for nine touchdowns himself these last three weeks. That's a really, really fun stretch. I've, I've told this story – uh, I think I talk, we talked about it on the podcast. Potsy and I walked out of MetLife Stadium after they lost to the Giants and didn't put the ball in the end zone the entire day. And we said, could you imagine what it would be like to walk into a locker room after a game and have to ask a, a quarterback or a team about their third touchdown? Right? Like, it was just so foreign to us that the Bears could put three touchdowns on a board in the same game. And now here we are where they, they've done it three weeks in a row. And you're like, wow, this is, this is a different 
brand of entertainment. It's a different brand of fun. It's a different brand of, of energy that's been created here. Now let's, let's, let's see if it, it continue and see if they can sustain it. Dan Weiderer, Take the North Podcast, Chicago Tribune, 670 The Score, Bears beat reporter, is our guest. Early in the season, you said that Bears fans should get, and I'm paraphrasing obviously, should you know wrap their minds around that we are not going to have certainty around Justin Fields at the end of this year because of the circumstances around him, basically, yep. was, was, yep. What was the point whether that's the fifth-year option or a long-term contract that doesn't have to be offered for a year or two or whatever. But they, we were not going to know that the Bears had their guy at quarterback that they were going to commit to and build around. Do you still feel that way? Uh, I, I would like to see eight more games played, right? I'd like to see a sample size continue and, and see how this, this goes. The way it's trending, I certainly would say that, that you, you, you're going to feel a lot better if it continues to trend on this upward arc between now and week 18, you're going to feel a lot better about saying Justin Fields can be our guy for a second contract and, and deep into a second contract than you would have. But I, I, th there's still football to be played, and there's still a lot to prove. Again, you want to see a passing offense that isn't ranked 32nd at some point, right? Like, that has to be part of this equation. Yeah, of course it does. My thing with that is, is that possible with the personnel around him, or has he shown enough high-level production – in terms of what matters, scoring points, that right high completion percentage, QB rating, whatever whatever you want to judge it as. Yes, the yards have not been there, no question about it. But scoring points with no offensive lineman who's a better pass blocker than run blocker, no first round pick on the offense other than Riley Reef, who's been in there for a couple of games by default, you know, ten years ago. Uh, it feels to me like a reasonable thing to say. Damn, if he can do this with that then I absolutely believe that continuity in the system and some pieces around him, that he's going to be that dude, even if the 300-yard passing games don't come this season. Let's talk about 200-yard passing games first, right? Like 300-yard passing games, he's passed for 200 yards in one game, right? And so look, like three games out of nine is not a big enough sample size for me. 11 out of 17 might be, right? And so now we've got eight more weeks to try to climb that. 10 out of 17 might be if it looks the way it's supposed to look. The last three weeks have passed the eye test, but it's three weeks, right? It's three weeks before that you were asking whether Ryan Poles should be scouting the class of 2023 and whether that Justin's place was secure. And so Second it's just half like, of the Vikings game, Dan, three and a half weeks. No, no, call, call, <laughs> it, call, call it five. Here's why I'm comfortable calling it five, because the numbers overall are there. And at the end of the Commanders game, with as bad as he'd been and everything that had gone wrong, he still let a touchdown drive to win. That actually should have won the damn game uh, there, there, there at the end in terms of, uh, of the Mooney catch. But here's the thing. We don't. Ryan Poles doesn't need to make that call. He's got these eight weeks. He's got these games to look well, at. He's got eight weeks and another season, honestly, you know, if we're being realistic about it, right? Like before you have to make a full-fledged decision on what you want to do with Justin. Mm -hmm. I know you're saying that like if you go into the spring, like I, I never thought they were going to be in a position in the spring to reboot because of all the things that it signals, right? Like, and so I don't, I don't think that that was part of the reason I said that they're never going to have a, a clear verdict, you know, in, in the, the early months of 2023 on who Justin is to go say we definitely know he's not the guy right and now we're trying to figure out if he, we definitely know he is the guy and i still just want to see more right and and again i and i want to see it as a passer right like and, and we know how electric is he's play, listen like 
I was as impressed as anyone at the game he put together last week. It was there's some really incredible stuff in there, including the touchdown pass to Mooney. Right, like now, just make this an every week occurrence, make it an every half occurrence, and now now we're climbing the, the way we need to be climbing. Well, what, what's been interesting this week is to look back, and Danny brought up Lamar Jackson's MVP year. He threw 300 yard threw 300 yards in one game that year, first game of the year. He and, he threw for 36 touchdown passes. Yes, he did. Yes, he did, and only nine <laughs> nine interceptions. But but point being, it was like 3100 yards uh, passing. It wasn't a 4000 yard season. He ran for 1200. Like the model is exists, and not just with him. Russell Wilson's first three years in Seattle, he didn't throw for 4000 yards. He one year he ran for 800 and threw for about 3300. So like there, there this this is an acceptable model. Now in the NFL for a few years, Dan, like if this is who he is for the first couple of years, as he learns to be a pocket passer and better talent comes, that is a thing. This is not 20 years ago in the NFL. This is an acceptable model. I'm with you on that. I I don't, I don't buy into the idea that like your quarterback has to look like he did in 1996, right? Like that that they can't run around and it's not sustainable to run around and make plays and, and do those types of things. I, I just think like, you're comparing an MVP season of a guy who threw 36 touchdown passes and threw for 3000 yards to a guy who's on pace for like 2200. You know what I mean? Like there's just, that's what I mean when we're jumping, we're jumping, right? Like, we're, 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 we're talking about, that we, we're talking about the last five games, you know, literally we're talking about what it, what it's looked like. And certainly since they pivoted at the mini buy, um, can I ask you about uh, tuck and runs? Because that, yes. that is the most fearsome thing for Mike McDaniel, who tells him to stop, for defenses, like, and everything. Because every time he went back on third down, you knew that if he broke away, he was going to get the first down, and he did. So this is the thing, right? Like, the the, the Bears' production on third down and in the red zone, like, this is where quarterbacks in this league make their money, has gone significantly up the last three weeks. And some of it is because Justin knows how to turn nothing into something on third downs and get out and move the chains and frustrate the hell out of an opposing defense. And so you can never lose that nine for one twenty-one on the TAR tracker last week. Uh, obviously the 61 yard touchdown was part of that. So, so that, you know, the, the volume got up there a, a little cool bit play. too much. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's the signature play of the season at this point, right? I mean, there's no question about it. And if you were in that building and you felt the way that thing came alive, you go, man, like that's, that's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. Right. I've heard the Hester comparisons this week and Devin had a feeling, right? Like when Devin went back, to re- return a kick and Soldier Boy came on, you, you you had goosebumps, right? And you said, this is this is going to be fun. Justin's trying to, to put himself in that class. Uh, I will just say this, like in the, those last two drives, like it felt like he got a little reliant on the TAR at times and in and, and, and winning moments, right? Like we need to see Justin lead a winning drive. And so far in his career, I don't think you, you have the one in Pittsburgh, which if the defense could have held them, Late in the fourth quarter, you would have said that's signature moment. But beyond that, the, the, there hasn't been that game-winning moment at the end of a game. They beat the Texans this year because Roquan Smith got an interception at like the 11-yard line, right? And you basically you basically ran two running plays and let Cairo kick a, a chip shot. But this is where context matters. The fourth down play mm-hmm. that Equinemius St. Brown drops could have been a tuck and run. But instead, he made a sidearm perfect effing throw into the hands of a wide receiver for the first down. And we're denied the opportunity to see that drive continue. That's not on him. Correct. No, it's not. It was also fourth and ten, right? Like, so, you know, there's there's plays before that. I mean, like, I'm with you. I'm with you. But everyone that, you know, it's like the people that think that if Equinemius Brown caught that ball, 
the Bears win the game are the same people that think that if Cody Parkey's kick went in, the Bears win the Super Bowl. Like you're 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 assuming like seven other things have yeah. to happen after that. You guys know if and, Hugh and Hollins, you, you can't go there. Yeah, if Hugh Hollins <laughs> yeah, right. makes that call on Scottie Pippen, then Danny, when yeah, happens? Michael never comes back. Yeah. Oh no, I'm not, listen. And by the way, I'm not assuming that they win the game, but I am going to not blame Justin Fields for not having the winning moment. Yeah, you don't have to blame him for it. I don't know he's blaming him for it. I'm just saying that I'd like to see the winning moment at some point before before uh, breaking out the crown. Well, I already broke out the boa. You're not invited to the next QB one party. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm not a good I'm not a good person for that party because I'm I'm like the the person telling everyone to be careful. Hey, you're I think you're drinking a little bit too much. Just calm down. We we got like I I, I, I don't I don't deserve an invite to that party because I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not supposed to be there. To be quite honest. Yeah, you could have been in the room with Jalen, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. worried about the front seven. Dork. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. It's all good. It's all good. Oh, you're the best. What is the next step in Justin Fields' development? Can he catapult the Bears to a win this weekend? Listen to the Take the North podcast and get ready for Sunday's game against the Lions. Follow David Haw and our guy, Dan Wiederer, to take you inside the game plan. Follow Take the North on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Weedsy, great stuff, man. Look forward to this segment and conversation each and every week. Enjoy the Lions game, sir. Bears 27, Lions 20. There you go. There what a is. homer. <laughs> Call yourself a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, picking the local team to win. I got 34-23, Weeds. They're going to beat the crap right. out of them. I like it. Have a great weekend, fellas. Enjoy the game. See you, Dan. That's our guy, Dan Weeder of the Chicago Tribune and the Take the North podcast.